I want us to open our Bibles tonight in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, and we'll commence reading in verse number 40. That is the eighth chapter of the book of Luke's Gospel, and we'll commence there at verse number 40. Let's follow the reading of God's precious and God's infallible Word. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garments, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. And while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, as saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. Amen. And we know that God will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word for his name's sake. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy precious word this evening. We pray that thou wilt bless us as we meditate upon it. We pray that you'll open our, not only our, our, our eyes, and, but open our understanding and open our hearts. Reminded of Lydda in the scripture, whose heart the Lord opened. And I pray tonight that there might be hearts that'll be opened by the power of the blessed Holy Spirit. And that, O oh God, that thou reveal unto them the Lord Jesus Christ and his wonderful saving and his keeping power. Bless us, cover me afresh in the precious blood, for I pray in Jesus' precious and holy name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry, he said, Wist ye not that I must be about my Father's business? In John's Gospel, he said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And tonight, I'm on the Lord's business. And I pray that God will help me just to do my Father's business. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ was ministering to the people, the Bible tells us many occasions that there were days of popularity when the crowds came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they thronged the blessed Savior. 
But not everyone in that crowd came for the same reason, neither had they the same response to the Savior's visitation. For example, it tells us, if you turn back to Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, it tells us in verse number 1, in Luke 5, verse 1, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. The people gathered to hear the word. Insomuch, the actual fact, the Bible says in verse number 3, he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed them that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. But you know that not everyone that came in that crowd came with the same spirit, desiring to not only hear what he had to say, but to take the Savior at his word and believe and trust in him. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, it tells us that Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered unto him. The Lord Jesus Christ told them a parable. He told them a parable of the sower of the seed. Now we find that indeed it was the same sower. We find it was the same seed. But the Lord told them about four different soils that that seed would fall into. There were those indeed who had a, a cruel and a careless heart because the Bible says the seed fell upon the wayside. And my, immediately the, 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 the birds of the air, the fowls, they swooped down and they took the seed away lest they might be saved, be converted and turned to Christ. Now the Lord Jesus knew that there were those in that crowd and my, the seed would be falling upon the wayside. And then there were those and they had a concerned heart because the seed fell amongst the stones. And yes, there were those other things that were there, but there was a concerned heart. Yes, they received, it seemed to be that they received the word with joy, but then other things crowded in and other things took over their lives and took that good seed away. And so it is that many tonight come into God's house and they perhaps have a concerned heart, concerned about the things of God, and yet they walk away concerned but not saved, not right with God. And then the Lord Jesus said there were those that were, had the crowded heart because there were other things already in their lives. Their lives were so crowded that there really was no place for Jesus. And there tonight in Ulster and across the world, there are those that are, my yes, they, they, they listen to what God's word, because notice in all of those, in all of those illustrations that Jesus Christ said, every one of them heard the word, but not everyone responded the same. And so there was a heart that was crowded because their lives were so filled with other things that there was no room for Christ. Is that you tonight? Is your life so crowded with other things that whilst you're here in God's house, yet there's no place for the Lord Jesus in your heart? Thank God there was a good ground. Thank God the ground brought plentifully. It was the converted heart. And my friend, I bless the Lord that there's many people have come into gospel meetings just like this. And the Lord Jesus Christ has worked in their hearts by the blessed Holy Spirit and they've been drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We find in John's Gospel, in chapter 6, the Lord Jesus Christ talks about those who came, and they came just because of the miracles. They were interested in the miracles. You remember Herod? And, and whenever Herod heard that Jesus was coming to him, he got all excited because he wanted Jesus to do a miracle. He wasn't concerned about what Jesus had to say. He wanted the miracle. Maybe there's somebody tonight, and that's all you're interested, just in some miracle happening. Let me tell you the greatest miracle. It's the conversion of a soul. Thank God that's the miracle of God's sovereign grace. When God reaches down and takes a lost, guilty soul off the road to hell, and thank God in a moment of time, plants their feet on the way to heaven. Because by faith, they come to Jesus, and Jesus is the way. For no man can come unto the Father but by him. But the Lord Jesus said, not only in John 6, there were those that came for the miracles. There were those that came for the loaves. In other words, they came just for to be fed because the Lord Jesus Christ had, had fed the 5,000 and people wanted to come because they wanted the food from the Savior, but they didn't want the Savior. And I wonder tonight, as you've come to God's house, tell me, in your heart, just why have you come? Now, thank God you're here. But have you come to hear God's precious word and to respond? You know, the Lord Jesus Christ in this chapter of Luke's gospel, chapter 8, the Bible tells us how the Lord Jesus Christ came and met the demonic of Gadara. That man that was lost and hopeless and helpless of himself, he was, he was trying to, to even take his own life because he cut himself. And many times the, the friends had to try and restrain him, and yet they couldn't. Then Jesus came. Thank God Jesus set him gloriously, wonderfully free. Now you say, wouldn't everybody be happy about that? Surely everyone would be excited that Jesus Christ has, has delivered this man that everyone else had tried to help, but nobody could. Well, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, look at verse 35. It says, Then they went out to see what was done. They went out to see. But then look at verse 37. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought Jesus to depart from them. They didn't want him. They didn't want him. And maybe tonight here that you're in the service and, and, and God has brought you here, but maybe of yourself, friend, well, of yourself you don't want him. Because there's no beauty in him that you should desire him except the Spirit of God draw you to him. And the Bible says they besought him to depart, to go. What did Jesus do? Look at the end of that verse 37. And it says, they besought him to depart from them for they were taken with great fear and he went up into the ship and returned back again. He left them. He left them. And friend, you know, it's very possible. It's very possible for you to tell the Lord to leave and not bother you anymore. Maybe you've come into meetings and you've been convicted about your sin and your need of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you were so disturbed and you say, Lord, I don't want to be disturbed anymore. I don't want to be bothered about my soul anymore. Lord, leave me. That's a dangerous thing, friend. 
He can do it. And that's what he did. The Lord left them. And the Bible says he returned back again. Not to them. But thank God when the Lord Jesus returned back to the city. Verse number 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him. For they were all waiting for him. That lovely? Isn't it mighty whenever somebody receives him? What did John chapter 1 verse 12 says? As many as receive him, to them give ye power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Can I ask you a question? Have you received him? Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart? Can you honestly say before God, I know him, I know him as my Savior. He's mine and I'm his. And the Bible says the people gladly received him. But thank God, what a joy Jesus brings to our hearts. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Now, the Bible tells us that not only did the people receive him gladly, but there was a man there. His name was Jairus. And he had a little girl. He was one of the leaders in the synagogue or the ruler of the synagogue. And he comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and he falls down before the Lord Jesus and he begs the Lord Jesus. He besought him, verse 41, that he would come into his house. He wanted Jesus to come to his home. Let me ask you, are you wanting Jesus to come in to your home, to your heart? Is there room for Christ tonight? Hymn writer says, room for pleasure, room for business, but for Christ the crucified, not a place that he could enter in the heart for which he died. And here we find Jarius. He's a man with a need, a broken heart, because he's a little girl, and she's 12 years of age, and she's dying, dying. And his heart's breaking for his child. And he begs Jesus, Jesus, come home with me. Come home. Heal my child. And the Bible tells us that as Jesus heard those words, verse 42, he went, he went. And as he went, yes, he went with him. And thank God if you call upon the name of the Lord tonight, if you're willing to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon him to save you, I want to tell you, my friend, immediately the Lord will hear your cry, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank God there's not a doubt about it. If you call, he'll immediately answer. And here Jairus calls and he begs the Savior. He besought him to come into his house. And Jesus was with him. Now, as the Savior was going, as I said, there was a crowd around him. Then the Bible draws her attention to a woman. A woman. You see, we've talked about the man. That's the demon of Gadara. We've talked about the child. That's Jairus' daughter. But friend, there's a woman here. 
And the Word of God says in verse number 43, And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And it's that woman I want us to look at tonight, just for a few moments. Notice, first of all, her distress. Notice her distress. The Bible says this woman has an issue of blood. In other words, she was hemorrhaging. There was a flowing of blood from this woman. And it wasn't only for a day or a month or even a year. It says she had this for 12 long years. 12 long years. And the blood was flowing away. And with that loss of blood, she was anemic. With that loss of blood, she was so weak. And of herself, there was no hope. She was in distress because she couldn't get better of herself. And as the blood flowed away from her friend, listen, she would get weaker and weaker and weaker. And there was only one thing facing her. That was death. Now when you read the book of Romans chapter 5, this is what the word of God says. At that time ye were without strength. Without strength. Just like this woman. There was nothing that she could do for herself. She was without strength. The blood had been flowing away from her for 12 long years and she was just near the end of the journey. She was living under the sentence of death. Under the shadow of death. And friend, that's true for the sinner. For the sinner is living under the shadow of death. For the wages of sin is death. Eternal death, spiritual death, separation from God Almighty, and without healing, this woman was headed to the grave. And there was nothing she could do of herself. Well, see, she tried, but she was without strength. And I tell you, without Jesus Christ tonight, You're not headed to the grave. Without Christ, you're headed to hell. You're headed to a lost sinner's hell. And for all eternity. And the reality is that of yourself, you're without strength. There's absolutely nothing of yourself that you can do about it. You can't save yourself. You can't break the chains of your sin. And even tonight, if you could, what about the sins of the past that stand against you in the record of God Almighty? You can't blot them out. You're without strength. What distress this woman was in because she was hopeless and helpless 
in herself. Secondly, notice her desire. What was her desire, friend? It says, listen, this woman had an issue of blood 12 years which had spent all her living upon physicians. Why was she doing that? Why did she spend everything she had on the physician? Because she had a desire. What was her desire? To be healed. That's what she longed for. That she was crying out for. Healing. You know why? Because you see, this woman's sickness left her isolated and reduced to begging. You see, under the law, with this hemorrhaging of the blood, this woman was regarded unclean. Unclean. And sinner, and your sin, that's exactly what you are. And in my sin, what I was. Unclean. And because of her uncleanness, anyone or anything that touched her would be considered unclean. And because of that, she couldn't mingle with the rest, not even of the family. She was separated. That's your fact, she couldn't even worship in the woman's court of the temple. She was an outcast. And that's what sin does, friend. Your sin casts you out into outer darkness. Isaiah chapter 59 tells us your sin has separated between you and God. How do I know she longed for healing? Because she tried many positions. She didn't sit idly by. She didn't say, there's nothing I can do, so I may just lie down and die. No, she tried. She tried to do her best. And is it not true that many sinners tonight, when they realize that they're lost in their sin and they're helpless in their sin and they're hopeless in their sin, they try, they try their best. They try to live a changed life. They try religion, they try church, they try rituals, they try paying, they try efforts, self-righteousness, turning over a new leaf. Trying, trying, trying. She tried everything. She tried everyone. She tried many physicians. And she spent all her living upon physicians. I'm not telling you tonight to try Jesus. I'm telling you tonight the only way of salvation is for you to trust Jesus. Because he's the only answer. But notice not only this woman in her desire and distress, but notice her disappointment. Because this is what it says here. She spent all her living upon physicians, neither 
could any be, or neither could be healed of any. She just grew worse. After all her trying, she just grew worse. She's disappointed. She's defeated. She's dejected. Dear sinner, let me tell you, without Christ, there is no hope. No hope. And how many men and women are trying churchianity, trying religion to get them to heaven, to try to get peace of mind. I was reading the other day, do you remember the Ethiopian eunuch and he had gone to Jerusalem, he was searching. He was a man of great authority and yet he was searching for something and he went the whole way to Jerusalem to find it, but now he's coming back. But he hasn't found it. Coming back disappointed, disillusioned. Then the Spirit of the Lord tells Philip to go and draw himself near to the chariot where he's riding. And the man is reading in the scriptures from Isaiah chapter 53. And Philip sat up beside him and preached unto him Jesus. Friend, that's the answer. If you're here tonight and you feel the burden of your sin, if you feel the load of your sin pressing upon your soul, if you see what your sin is doing, if you're sitting tonight in the God's house and you're under the shadow, not only of death, but eternal death in a Christless hell. See, preachers, though, no hope. I've tried everything. I've tried everyone. And I'm just disappointed. I see no hope. Thank God. Let's go on to the story. Notice her deeds. In the midst of her despair, can you keep your hand there? Turn back to the record in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, quickly. And in Mark, chapter 5, in the verse number 27, this is what it says. When she had heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus. Now I don't know who told this woman about Jesus, friend. But thank God they did. Thank God there was someone that loved this woman, this outcast. And they loved her enough to tell her about Jesus. Child of God, who have you told this past week about Jesus? You say Christ is the answer. Have you told them? You say you believe with all your heart that Christ is the only way of salvation and yet men and women that you're meeting day after day and they're going to a Christless and lost eternity. I wonder, have you ever told them about Jesus? Here was a woman, and somebody told her about Jesus. And whenever she heard 
She said something about it. She says, I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. You see, faith cometh by hearing. And you know what God's word says? You're my witnesses. If you're saved, you're his witness. Tell me, are you doing it? Are you witness to souls about Jesus? Are you telling the lost about him? You know, you'll meet people in this incoming week if God spurs you that I'll never reach. But tell me, will you tell them about Jesus? By and by, when I look in his face, I wish I'd given him more. Tell me, did somebody tell her about the healing of the leper that came to Jesus and begged the Savior, Lord of thy wealth, thou canst make me clean. Jesus says, I will. I will. Be thou clean. Did somebody tell her about the demon of Gadara? The man who was lost under the grip of the power of the demons of hell and how the Jesus gloriously delivered him? I don't know. But somehow, somewhere, she heard about Jesus. And she grasped it. He's my only hope. Let me tell you, he is. There's no hope outside of Christ. In the book of Ephesians, Paul's writing to, he said, listen, at that time you were without hope and without God in this world. Hopeless. In your sin. But there's a problem. She hears about Jesus, but there's a problem. Remember Zacchaeus? He was too small. The crowd around Jesus, he couldn't, he wanted to see Jesus who he was, but he was too small. But praise God, nothing was going to stop him from seeing Jesus. Tell me, what's stopping you from being saved? What's the barrier? Why aren't you saved? Why haven't your sins been dealt with, covered in the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Why don't you know that peace of God within your soul, friend? What's the barrier? We say, what, what was the problem with this woman? Well, here's the problem, friend. Do you remember she had the issue of blood? She was unclean. And if anybody recognized her, she would have been open to public humiliation and ridicule. Natural fact, they even could have beaten her or even stoned her because anyone she touched would have been ceremonially unclean. 
Say, why then did you come? Because our need was so great. They can stone me. They can ridicule me. They can humiliate me. But I need to get a Jesus. I need to get a him. She was willing to risk all to get to Jesus. But remember, she's so weak. And there's that crowd that thronged around the Savior. It would take all her energy, take all her determination to push her way through that crowd. But friends, she did it. Do you know why? Because she was desperate for healing. Are you desperate tonight to be saved from your sin? Do you see your lostness? Do you see the end of the journey, friend? To die without the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus is where I am. You can't come. So therefore, she strained every last bit of strength that was left amidst that crowd. And she came behind him and she touched the hem of his garment, believing in her heart, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Her only hope was Jesus. And friends, she touched him. She reached out that wee hand of simple faith and she touched him. Tell me, will you come by faith tonight? By grace are ye saved through faith. Resting upon all that God has said in his word, friend. Resting upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. And by faith you just place your soul and rest it on him. Upon a life I did not live. Upon a death I did not die. Another's life, another's death. I stake my whole eternity. Very quickly, notice her deliverance. Notice her deliverance. For thank God when this woman reached forth her hand. Look at verse 30. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. He said, who touched my clothes? Verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Immediately. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Tell you, my friend, you don't have to wait an hour to see whether it's real or not. I want to tell you, the moment you call, dear sinner, the moment you cry out to the Lord, Lord, 
Immediately he'll stretch forth his hand, as he did with Peter, and he delivered him from the angry waves. Thank God if you call on the Lord, he'll save you. Immediately. Immediately. And her deliverance. And the fountain of her blood, listen, that had been flowing away from her for 12 long years. In a moment, it dried up. Tell me, sinner, how long have you been living? In every one of those years, you've been living without Jesus Christ. You've been living in your sin. And all those years of sin are on the record of God. And the moment the sinner calls on the Lord, listen, the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth from all sin. Every last one. In a moment. When you reach out that hand of faith and call upon the name of the Lord, thank God her deliverance was powerful. Mighty. Immediately. It was personal. Her blood. Yes. Yes, that blood that had been flowing from her, the fountain of her blood, was dried up. Nearly through her declaration. Lord Jesus says, who touched me? Who touched me? Peter said, but Lord, what do you mean who touched you? Sure, there's a crowd around you. Look at the crowd that's thronging you. And did you say, who touched me? No. Jesus Christ, immediately knowing in himself, verse 30, that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched me? Who touched me? He knew there was one who touched him. That day different. Yes, the crowd were pushing against him, but that woman touched him by faith. In verse 47 or the, uh, of the passage of God's word tells us concerning in, 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 in Luke's gospel, chapter 8 and verse 47, and when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had been touched. She touched him and how she was healed immediately she told him all listen friend why do you need to be saved your sin God says all of sin that includes me that includes you there's nobody immune from the disease of sin and that this woman, she declared unto him before all the people, for what cause? In other words, she testified. Not only, Lord, it was me, 
but this is why I've come. You tell the Lord tonight, you're a sinner. You fall like this woman did at the feet of Jesus and bring your burden of sin to the Savior. Here's my last thought. Notice her delight, verse 48. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. That's her delight. Her delight. Daughter. That word means beloved. Do you know that that's the only time Jesus called a person by that name? Daughter. What does that mean? Relationship. Relationship. And that's what happens whenever you trust Jesus Christ. You become one of his children. You become a child of God. He said, daughter. And then he said, be of good cheer. Rejoice. What comfort. And then he says, thy faith hath made thee whole. And then he said, go in peace. Could you imagine what it was that night that woman went home? She declared before all the people why she had come. She acknowledged her sinfulness. She acknowledged her. She was separated and an outcast because of her sin. But she told all the people why. Because she was no, no longer ashamed. For she got healed in a moment. And she went home. Her life changed, never to be the same again. Brenda Media's over in a moment. Tell me, is that the way you'll go home tonight? Changed? Cleansed? Converted? Or will you go home in your sin? And where Christ is? You'll never be. Oh, to be without a Savior, with no hope, no refuge now. Can it be, O oh blessed Jesus, one without thee and carried up, would dare to die? Come to Christ tonight. Call upon him. Take him at his word. As many as receive him. To them give he the power. To become the child of God. Come now.
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy precious word tonight. Reminded of the invitation. Come. Come. Spirit in the bright said. Come. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Friends, your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you sit in God's house in the presence of God. I asked you this question. What will you do with Jesus tonight? Will you receive him? Will you be like Jairus, say, Lord Jesus, come to my house. Come into my heart. You can call upon him right now, just as you're sitting there. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lost. Helpless and hopeless. But you shed your precious blood for sinners upon the cross of Calvary. Yes, you died for me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin, turn from it, and receive thee now as my Savior. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, cleanse me in your precious blood. And make me thy child. Fill me with thy Holy Spirit. And give me the grace to live for you. For thy glory. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Friend, we're here tonight and I'm not rushing away. If you've called upon the Lord then please let us know. If you haven't, but say, preacher, I'd love you to open the word of God and show me how I can really know for sure my sins are gone. Then we're glad to do it. But I beg you, I beg you with all my heart, don't go home without Jesus. May God bless you.